0: rather go into minus in my bank account now than do that when i'm supposedly like 30 35 Mm. like let me experience stuff let me go hard for what i want to do Mm. and i i urge you to do the same because life has life has different purpose when you have a purpose
1: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Trust Your Journey. I'm Nelson Navarro, your host, and this is a monthly podcast where I'm speaking to people I admire for their creative endeavors and invite them to share their journey, share some wisdom, and hopefully share some guidance as well for all the creative souls out there grinding at their passions for the love of the art, man, whatever form that art takes. Um, today I'm talking to Jonas, who is a rapper, singer, and producer. Who I actually met through university. Um, I, really, I really love this dude. He's like my brother, even though we've only known each other for a couple of years. He's someone that I text all the time. You know, whether we're just checking up on each other or just exchanging some thoughts and advice. Um, he's someone who's actually younger than me, but despite that, I really view him as a wise and spiritual person. Someone who have a lot of respect for. Um, not saying that I don't think that about everyone who's younger than me, but this dude especially I got a lot of time for, a lot of love for. Um, we talked for almost an hour uh, and a half about challenging authority, the spirit of black music, breaking down the ego, and also threw in a bit of music industry talk in there for some of you indie musicians. Um, I think you're really going to like this one. Me and Jonas had an awesome time recording it, and it actually serves as the first of many. So simply relax and enjoy. Yo, what's up? Join us. How are you doing, bro? I am doing
0: very well today, bro. How are you?
1: I'm I'm really good actually. I had a wicked studio session earlier. Um, what today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were at Bottega Rooms, and me and Dave Bryce. Yeah, yeah. Um, who plays keys in my band? And he just we just had some vibey session. Um, just make it we just made like this instrumental but we were just going really ham we just, <laughs> the music was just really like just moving it and it just it felt really really good so I've been i I know how
0: you are with those sessions
1: I like it man it's like my favourite my favourite times to be doing like my favourite time in the studio is mostly when I'm just like when I'm just occupied by the music when I'm just like not focusing on anything apart right. from the music and it's like I'm not distracted I'm just enjoying it and it's like even if I take some time away from it it's just like I'm still cool I feel great. Yeah. Um, what have you been doing it. today? Like you were with people earlier because I called you. So, so um, what were you up
0: to? Yeah. So this morning I woke up and I was actually mixing. Yeah. Um, not in one of my tracks. One of my uh, one of my uncle's tracks. He raps in Portuguese, and because obviously he's just started, he doesn't really know anyone. So I just told him, "All right, record to the best of your ability, and then just send me the songs over, and we'll get the mixes done." Mm. So that that's fun because it's um, because I'm so used to mixing myself it's uh it gets to a point where you're just kind of like, all right, do I know how to mix or do I just know how to mix myself? Mm. And then when, when you present yourself, when you get presented with a challenge like that, it's like, all right, I'm going to face it head on. And like now he's at the point where he likes listening to his voice. Cause you know how you even told me about this once where it's like, if you listen to a voice note from yourself, if you're not a musician, you're going to think, oh, is this what I sound like? Yeah. But then eventually when you get used to hearing your voice um, on recordings, you just, you know you kind of get used to it and you, you kind of fall in love with who you are I guess in that sense anyway mm. but yeah so I was mixing earlier and then um, I have a Brazilian friend who's uh, he's recently just come back from Portugal actually to live here and he plays football so we just went to watch his game you went to watch it yeah what
1: in Littlehampton or yes he's okay all right I mean on Ned I saw Ned Um, I saw Ned from Normanton Street at Bottega today he was really gassed about football but it's one of those things where I've never been Particularly excited by it I've only felt right. I've, I've always felt like I should be excited I think like That's a thing that As a Society I, I think that society Really expects men To be excited about football And I think And I know a lot of people who Are genuinely really excited by it And get really A lot of joy from it And I think that's fantastic And I think also that Like me as a person Like not being excited By football I feel like I, I felt like a bit of an outsider For a while And now I've kind of Had to make my peace With the fact that It's like it's cool I'm just into other stuff I'm just into other stuff
0: I don't blame you because I used to play football when I was a kid, but when I stopped playing football, um, I kind of stopped being as, as much of a fan. Like I'm, I'm a I'm a heavy basketball fan now, mm. um, so I'd, I'd much rather watch NBA than, you know, any football game. But it's one of those things that, like you say, it's just about making peace with who you are. You don't have to like try and be that if you're not that. What do you like about
1: basketball over football as well?
0: Um, it's the fact that first of all the games are longer because like if if, if the basketball game was just to go on it's 12 minute quarters and there's four quarters so it's 48 minutes Mm -hmm. but then you got the timeouts you got half time you know and all that stuff so it ends up being about two hours Uh but I just like the fact that it's just constant it's like back and forth like high pace it's like you score and then like you're defending and then there's either a turnover or the other team scores so you're back again like it's just a constant thing and um, I think it uh, there's more skill involved in it because you're not just an offensive player or a defensive player. You have to contribute well in both areas. So yeah, that's that's what I like about it. And it's just the style of, just the sport in general. I fell in love with it way more than I ever did with football.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like, I definitely like the pace of basketball. Right. And I think as like, I think as like a person of color and as like a black mixed race guy, I feel like I definitely feel more represented by basketball than i ever have in football i think football's always felt like a very like english uh, like living in england anyway i feel like football's always felt like a very like english game and like a very like a white person's game yeah and and black although like basketball is consumed by like a lot of different audiences i think there's like definitely it just holds that kind of like it definitely holds a space in within black culture you know there's been so many successful Basketball athletes also that have just gone on to do like crazy other stuff as well, you know, like R. I. P. Kobe yeah. as well. Have to R. I. P. Kobe.
0: Oh yeah, R. I. P. Black Mamba for sure. Mm-hmm. Rest for in sure. power,
1: man. Cause forever. And that's that's. I feel like that's an example of the kind of status and contribution to society that like basketball players can have in terms of the, their contribution to our community, like the black community. Andre, you know, so
0: it's 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 the mentality too. Like the Mamba mentality doesn't just apply to sports it's literally just i'm going to wake up every day and try and be better than i was yesterday and as simple as it sounds it's very difficult to do and whether whether it's music whether it's sports whether it's you know whatever academics it's it's hard because you know as human beings we go through periods of lesser mm. and or you know you, you may feel stagnant or like counterproductive but yeah, man, the mom mentality is just something you have to respect just as a as a, a person who's alive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's, it's about, don't quote me on this, but I feel like one time I saw something about black people being more athletic or just having in general like um, uh, medium standard just like more athletic capabilities mm. than white people but i'm not sure how true that is i just know that there's a lot of great basketball players all around so
1: 100 i think and i'm wary of, i'm wary of that like i know i know that that's like an assumption i think that like is quite prevalent in just society in general And right. there is some evidence to back that up in terms of like when you look at sporting events mm-hmm. um and things of that nature um i'm also aware though of like the history you know of like i think that was that was used as a justification for a lot of like colonial attitudes to, uh, I've been speaking about this so much, just like in my, in the last like couple of days, I don't know what it's been like, I mean, I live in a mixed race household where everyone here is, is black mixed race. That's um, lovely. So, which is like, it's beautiful, man. It makes a massive safe space for, for all three of us it's amazing um, that, that live here. Um, and we kind of have, and I was talking with outside people as well about this kind of conversation like how these colonial attitudes like, um, like, Europeans basically saying, oh, well, these African people are more uh, athletic, they're stronger, they're taller, so let's use them for labor rather than European people and we can take them for free and just basically print them for our profit. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of like how as a society, we're still living on the coattails of those ideas and that hegemony of like, of these ideas permeate in our society so it's like at the same time it's like I do actually see evidence for this for those ideas like because you know like look at the look at the look at the 100 meter sprint for example when you go to the Olympics or athletic yep. games you know and look at look at so many different things and yep. um, but then also at the same time and, and at the same time it's like I'm also aware that these ideas have maybe been floating around for like 400 years or so so yeah. it's like you know it's like to quote Kendrick it's like I, I remember I was conflicted you know <laughs> yes
0: yeah uh, no 100 though and and it's like i feel like to say that yes there there may be some truth to that statement but at the same time it's like that's something that easily dates back to slavery mm. you know we're going to use these people for these type of jobs because they look like they can handle it more when mm. you know when you think about a lot of the creations in modern society came from black people mm-hmm.
1: also i mean bro i mean we're both musicians that's and that's kind of why we're here like for the, for people who are listening, like I invited you on this podcast because it's, it's a podcast focusing on creative people and, and our thoughts and our survival and the ways we strive through this process, you know, just like that moral mentality. And it's like, as musicians, you know, it's like we live in, we work in an industry that has been profiting off the backs of black people for years, man, for like at least a hundred years, at least, you know, and our contributions to music are unparalleled unparalleled yes yes you know, yep unparalleled
0: Let's, we don't even need to talk about michael jackson we can talk we can start wherever you want <laughs> bro jazz <laughs> yeah no 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 seriously do you <laughs> know what? one time uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with the 47 minutes podcast i'm not but I'm not. um it's uh it's a joey uh, badass podcast right and the first episode he had vince staples and styles p on there uh-huh. and vince staples said something which I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said that there's no such thing as musical genres. All it is is just a spirit of music that's traveling in life. And then the higher ups grab that and then monetize it and label it. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's truly what it is because, you know, blues, we know what blues was for. Mm. Blues was was basically a peaceful protest. It's a mechanism of, it was a mechanism that, black people used to deal with the oppression that they faced mm. you know jazz we know what jazz is mm. we know what rhythm and blues is mm. you know what i mean so it's just like it's it's just music like I, I feel like we should we should get rid of those genres kind of because i feel like everything was pure and great until it became labeled you know watching the get down before hip-hop was called the get down. Or that's oh. what at least the kids called it in the Bronx. Yeah. And it was pure, you know, the B boys would dance, the D- the DJs would spin, the MCs would spit for real. Mm. And then when hip hop became rap, I feel like we kind of lost our We maybe not lost our way, but we kind of lost sight of why it was created. Mm. And obviously music is going to evolve. Music needs to evolve. Mm. but. I feel like the general standard of rap or hip hop, I guess, today is not so much focused on the glue to the whole culture mm. type of thing. You know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. So I mean I think the genres thing is like it's it's kind of it's like a tool of the industry and, and I think the media as well kind of combine forces here to just to to pigeonhole music in a way that makes it marketable. It's easy mm. to market a genre and a word to a certain demographic of people, so that you walk into a record shop and you're like, okay, where are the jazz records? And they say, oh, go over there. Where are the blues records? Go over there. Where are the mm. country records? Go over there. And it's easy to organize things, and I think that's actually like, that's quite a capitalistic function, um, or or I don't know if maybe function is the right word, but it's like a, it's definitely a capitalistic syndrome where everything needs to be labelled and organised efficiently you know it's like this bureaucracy like this thing of things need to be in the right place so that they can be found efficiently and that's also another thing of capitalism is like doing things efficiently doing things in the quickest way possible to at the least amount of cost yes and that to me is like a very capitalistic idea because if money isn't coming into the idea of things like when if you and me are working on a song and we are just like having fun and we're just making some music and we have, and we're just doing it because it's, it feels fun. It feels good. We're not doing it because we're trying to make this amount of money out of this song. I feel like the the amount of energy and the amount of care we're going to put into that work is, is of, is going to be higher than yeah. if we are going into it thinking, okay, I have like two hours studio time. And in order to make these two hours studio time that I've paid for uh. Like recoupable or like viable as a business, I need to make at least one song that's gonna make me back the the money on the studio time. You know, approaching things yeah. from a business perspective. Yes, and um, that's like as I'm as I'm like entering the business more and also growing in my spirit more. So to be able to realize that how the business is separate from the music and how the business is something that latches onto the music. You know, like how you saying the yeah. higher ups, are you in Vince Staples? You know, he the higher ups will grab the music and yes. they'll, and they'll use it to pimp they'll pimp that butterfly man they'll take that and they and and they'll sell it you know yes and that's exact and that's like there's there's this that's the genres come into this records come into this marketing comes into this having like these boy bands and these girl bands who are like artificially put together and mm. they, d- they have songs written for them just so that they can then go and perform them and sell a record It's like this whole capitalistic function that is just like feeding off of music all the time. And it's just looking to be like, okay, cool. What's the next trend? Let's take it, let's pimp it. And cool, on to the next thing.
0: I think that's what artists, that's that's not the one reason why, but that's one of the reasons why artists get it wrong and they become bitter maybe, because when they walk into say, all right, so we know the three main main labels or music companies are Warner, Universal and Sony, right? Mm And any other label is usually, uh, you know, in a situation with one of those three. Um, When an artist walks into a label meeting or a situation that they're they're pending, um, I think that they believe that what they're signing means, we're going to protect you and help you with your career. When in reality, if you boil down what that contract says is, we're going to love you as long as you keep making what we want to sell. And those are two completely different things when you're now being shelved because you're making an experimental album, you shouldn't really be angry because what they signed you for was something completely different, which is why you know i I kind of I understand the artist side, obviously, I'm an artist, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you know that first of all let's let, let's look at it from this perspective as an artist you're nonchalant you're more about feeling because when you go into the studio you're working based on how you feel you know your intuition your Mm -hmm. gut you're just letting yourself go Mm -hmm. the rap or the music business uh, forget rap the music business does not move off feeling they move off of statistics numbers they're very um you know chronological they're very what's a great example let's let's say someone like kendrick lamar who we know as arguably the biggest and probably the best hip hop artist out right now in the western um, market we know Kendrick to be someone that never loses his true core of being an MC but he will try different things in an album I fear that if Kendrick wasn't part of TDE and Aftermath he would be one of those artists that would get shelved because he's someone that tries different things and a a label like Warner could easily say wait hold on Good Kid Mad City sold two million records. And Tipimba Butterfly sold one, which is, this is actually facts too, you can go check if you want to. So for the next album, we want something that sounds a bit more like Good Kid Mad City. We're gonna call Dr. Dre and all these other producers that you used on Good Kid Mad City to try mm. and make that sound. And um, he goes and makes Damn, which is his biggest selling album. So, mm. you know, it's one of those things where if, if, if you're in a bad situation, then you're just in a bad situation. Mm.
1: I think there's like there's something there like and this is something that I'm learning so much right now especially with all the time that I've been given thanks to this pandemic I say thanks to this pandemic but because of this pandemic whatever (laughs) like learning to spot and recognize a business relationship from a friendly relation well more than just a friendly because people can be friendly it doesn't mean that they're your friends I think learning to recognize a business relationship from and a relationship that is based on something else that a relationship is actually based on like connection and I th- and a lot of these contracts that rapper like artists forget rappers. I know we, we kind of default to talking about rappers because you and me yeah. are both rappers these like artists sign contracts that will often have terms of like um music submitted okay maybe it's like a for an one album deal and, an, and a contract has has a clause in it that says music submitted must be Sometimes they have technically satisfactory. So to say that, you know, it's got to be something that it like, it sounds good. It's like mastered to a certain level that we specify mm. you need to submit it to us in a WAV format or whatever. And yeah. then you have co- clauses that say it must be commercially satisfactory. And it, and to be commercially satisfactory means that it actually must be good enough for them to sell, you know, right. like you're talking about that. If they if Kendrick maybe was in a different situation and I'm sure and, and there's so many artists who have, been in this trap and it is a yes. trap because it is it really really is a trap about being signed into contracts with labels that actually don't care about their crea- about your creativity you are an employee for a record company that's such a heavy term you but it's so true you are an employee you sign a contract you sign terms and conditions and what that company wants from you is for you to deliver them a service you have to deliver them a service and they want records from you so that they can sell them. They don't really care about your expression in a lot of cases, they actually just care about how much they can sell, how much money they can make from the records that you provide them with. And once you've provided them with those records, you no longer own those records. You have made those records for this company. This company then owns the rights to those records and in turn gives you a percentage back of those records sold. And in a lot of cases, when they've given you money as well, like an advance maybe some artists get a million dollars in advance. It's Can such you, an you, illusion. It's a massive illusion, man. Such an illusion. And, and people think, oh man, I'm going to make loads of money. They've already given me a million dollars or a million pounds. And I'm going to make loads of money when my album starts selling. And people don't realize like you are going to get money once your album has has sold enough out of your fifty percent, your album could could make a million. Your album could earn a million dollars. Only 50% seeing that of, money. Yeah, you ain't seeing that money because only fifty percent of that money is yours. You've yep. got to pay for all of the costs of that album to be made, and only once you've made enough money to pay back your advance are yep. you actually going to start seeing money seeing from the, sales money. Of the album. And that's what I'm, they they pimp all these contracts. They pimp all of these contracts to make them better for the record company. Hundred because it's not about. The artist expressing themselves Or even the artist living I know friends who have been homeless And signed to a record contract They are signed by a record label And they're still homeless They're still struggling to live And they have to persuade their label To give them an advance So that they can stop sofa surfing Pay some rent And make their album And the label is reluctant to do that I mean something's got to be wrong there right A hundred A hundred bro Because I feel like
0: it's um. It's also kind of their fault because, you know, I'm I've never seen a music contract, not yet anyway, but I can imagine that they they'll probably put, uh, you know, that your advance in big bold letters, and then they'll just put, uh, by the way, you have to recoup this uh in album sales in tiny like in real tiny like twelve size font, mm-hmm. because, it's like um, I forget oh. Bro, I watched um, my my auntie once introduced me to you know Lisa Left Eye, obviously, right from TLC. Uh,
1: I don't, but you. you can, oh, okay, you well, can keep going. I know about th- TLC. TLC, okay.
0: So Lisa Left Eye, which rest in peace to her, but she she basically did a short video and it's on YouTube. Um, uh, it's called How to How to Sell Ten Million Albums and Still Be Broke. So yeah, I know it's. Um, so she she talked about the fact that um, so they sold the ten million albums. But then she broke down the fact that like it's um, they measure it in units in terms of how much you get paid.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Now let's say um, you make I don't know uh, three three million, mm-hmm. right? That's between three people, so you got to split that, right? This is TLC so that's, you're talking about. Yeah, this is TLC. Uh, so you got one million per artist, uh-huh. right? Now cut that in half. Because all you need in America is four hundred thousand to be above the to be at the forty-nine point five percent tax bracket or whatever. (sighs) Bro, tax. So cut that in half. Yeah, trust me. So now you have got five hundred thousand a piece. Mm. Now, um, you've got the costs. You've got the costs, um, of recording and you know uh, shooting music videos. So let's just be generous and say that all of that comes to three hundred thousand each, because uh that's probably the minimum.
1: Bro, people don't realize music videos are costing like ten to. 50,000 mm. sometimes more
0: there you go so now you got 200,000 left um, let's say you want to buy a house for let's just say a, like 150,000 if
1: and that's a cheap house
0: and bro. that's a very cheap house that's a very cheap house now let's say you got 50,000 left you got bills to pay and bills in in an expensive house are very costly uh-huh. so you know it's, it's one of those things where I feel like, first of all, I, I put the blame nowadays on artists because you have Google. There's so much information, man. Like you have to, like I feel like if if musicians for sure, but rappers especially because the urban—I hate that word—but the urban side of music is at the top right now. Hip hop is the urban, biggest quite, genre, quite
1: basically meaning black music.
0: Black, yeah, black music. So oh, black oh, music, music is is at the top of music period worldwide, right? so especially rappers and R&B artists I'll even put R&B artists in that category because of Trap Soul and stuff Uh Um, if you don't know the difference between a traditional artist deal a traditional artist royalty deal and a 50-50 profit split deal Mm. I'm worried about you Mm -hmm. because you know you got traditional artist royalty deals which very low percentage I feel like between 17 and 23% wow of everything wow that's crazy and that's and uh, trust me and um, then you got 360 deals. Uh-huh. So wait. So the traditional uh, artist deal means that um, you get the label can only touch your music. So if you sell albums, all they can, the only money that they can touch, the only revenue that they have a hand on, is the actual sales revenue. Uh huh. So recordings. if you exactly. So merch uh, going on tour, that's all your money. Uh huh. And that's why you you had artists like Meek Mill, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, Big Sean, where the music, Nipsey Hussle, where the music industry made the change from physical copies to more digital. Mm. And they didn't know what was going on because most of them got dropped by their labels at that time, right? Mm. So they just thought, all right, I'm just going to put out mixtapes and go on the road mm. every year mm. until eventually like they caught they caught up with the industry or the industry caught up with them mm. per se, right? Mm. So th- th- that's a traditional artist deal. A 360 deal, which is something that I guess someone like J. Cole was in with Jay-Z is, um, the label was eaten off off of everything. So merch, tours, music, sales, you know, even external deals that you may do, say with like Sprite or a company like, everything. And and your label is also
1: your management and management will take anywhere from like 10 to 20%, maybe even more depending on how big your manager is. And some will justify it by like, well, I'm gonna get you more, I'm gonna get you more money. So I'm gonna take a bigger percentage. And it's like, well, dude, if you're gonna get me more money, then you're gonna get paid anyway. Like I don't really want to pay a manager more than 10% of what I'm making. Trust me, that's robbery. I don't want. But to then, t-
0: <laughs> but there you go. That's the thing because the label knows that they're eating off of everything, everything so they're yeah. gonna push you harder yeah, because exactly. they wanna see some money. Yeah. Because and they, then you got the really profit split ones.
1: Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Profit split.
0: Have you you know about profit splits? Uh huh. So profit split. There's I would I'd say it, it depends. It depends on what type of artist you are and what type of music you make. But I I think nowadays in 2020, a profit split is the closest you're going to get to a good deal. Mm. Because um, nowadays, because we're all recording in our houses and in our rooms, your overhead is going to be very minimal. Mm. So once you sell, let's say you sell 50,000 albums, that's about 10 10 pounds each, that's about 500,000, right? Mm. Now, the label is going to take obviously you're like what the cost for making the album and all that stuff plus your overhead fee but then anything after that is literally spread 50 50 Mm. so if you've got a 20 song album 10 of those songs are yours Mm -hmm. right um so i'd 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 definitely recommend a profit split deal in terms of that but and
1: and you're only i think the key part of that is as well like and we'll we'll talk about some other stuff as well because i know we're talking quite industry heavy um trust me um the 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 one of the things of like a profit split deal is is, is coming out of your net profits it's really important that people know that the difference between their gross profit gross in the and net their and net yes profit. oh gross, my gosh gross profits it means turnover it means all the money that is being earned by yes. your album your album maybe your your release makes 1 million pounds and what are you keeping though bro exactly so it's like you're only that's maybe you spent 300,000 making that album so mm-hmm. actually, your profit is seven hundred thousand. Now your mm. label might take the fifty, the fifty, their fifty percent from the one million and mm. take five hundred thousand. When and then actually you're you've got to pay for the album costs, and you're only left with two hundred thousand dollars, uh, two hundred thousand pounds. But uh, if you split your net profits, that means that you're splitting it cost. It cost three hundred thousand to make. It earned one million. So the profit, the net profit is 700000 And then if you're in a net profit split, if you're a net profit deal or a profit split deal, that's what you and your label will split. And that's also what managers should be taking their commission from. Managers will often work on a commission. If they're taking your from your gross profit, you're paying them twice. They could book your music video. They could book your music video for a thousand pounds you make 3000 pounds because of that video the art, the, the the manager is going to take three is going to take 10% of that they're going to take 300 pounds and then you but you still have had to pay for the video if they take the net profits you're paying them less because Facts. you're paying them after the expenses so they could just book you a real expensive video and leave you with nothing and make loads of money
0: Facts oh my gosh I feel like we needed to talk about that because a lot of artists don't know and they're just thinking I can't wait till I drop this video and I get Mm. a deal it's like dude hold on like like just be careful because educate yourself like Uh Google is out here like in the in the 70s and 80s fair enough fair enough Mm. artists were getting robbed by the industry but nowadays you've got to be on top of your stuff we've got to
1: be on game man we really really got to be on game and actually that's an interesting thing that I want to kind of chat to you about which is like you and I are both at quite early stages of our career as artists. And it's interesting that yeah. we've been talking about the industry for for, for like we have, um, yeah. in terms of trying to come from an educated standpoint, trying right. to come from a standpoint of being clued up, being armed. Ownership. With, with, yeah, yeah. Coming from own, think coming from a DRI perspective, an independent perspective. Shout and, out Nipsey. And yeah, trust. Yeah, shout out Nipsey. Rest in power again. He who
0: oh. got me into this, like really owning my stuff
1: and i think that's and that's like what i want to talk about really i guess is like survival strategies mm. for like us as independent artists and right. i think when we're talking music it can be quite specific um right. and there's still elements of this that is like actually universal to everyone like i know for for me personally i've been trying to learn okay what do i need to do to market myself what do i need to do to brand myself what do i need to do to make my music better. So not just learning the industry, but also learning even things like I don't, you know, music theory. We talk, we talk about music theory sometimes. <laughs> yes. Things like I've been trying, I've been learning how to be a better drummer. Cycle um, of fifths learning, bro. bro. circle of fifths, honestly. Learning how to, how, learning songwriting techniques, learning arrangement techniques and learning, and we are both producers as well. So learning yeah. how to be a better producer, learning how to be a better mix mixing engineer. Yeah. Uh, learning how what is learning how to recognize a good vocal take um, 100% you know, and, bro and, and, and I, I guess because something that's unique about us and about us as independent artists about the independent artists is we have to DIY a lot we have to do yes. a lot of our own stuff I see we're both talking on our own studio microphones right now yes we both record ourselves at home we both yep. mix our own voice um, we were talking about mixing earlier yep um we we both uh will mix our own songs we'll produce our own beats at times yep and take this approach of like we're going to create everything and then we distribute it all ourselves as well yes um which is uh people are doing in music people are doing that in the art world yeah we're doing that in the photography world um it's Big now love possible. to everyone doing that man too. respect because it's hard and it's, it's hard as hell it's 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 hard because it's can be quite a solo grind and that's one of the reasons why I, i'm making this podcast is to help other people relate to pe- think people who are doing the same as them, artists who are um, grinding hard on their own to make things that they care about. And like I say, it's yeah. a tr- we're trusting the process. It's a process and doing the things where some things are harder than others, but it's a process that allows us to come out with an end goal that we're really, really happy with. So like with all that being said, which is quite a lot of what I've said, I feel like it's content. <laughs> Um, what are, what are some of those things that you've been doing to arm yourself, to feel like you are making, uh, to feel like you're getting better and to feel like you're better prepared for your life as an artist and your life as a creative person in this crazy capitalist world. Right. So you mean like in terms of the music? Yeah. In terms of your approach and your process, like what are things that you're arming yourself with and that you're learning that are helping you right now? So I think number one is
0: i i listen with two sets of ears uh-huh. to everything i do uh-huh. which can be detrimental at times because sometimes you just want to be inspired and do what you want to do yeah. which is great but i always have like in the back of my head like the 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 judgmental side of me kind of which is all right have fun and be creative but make sure that at least one other person is going to care about this like make sure that this piece of music is undeniable. If you're gonna drop this, make sure that it can't actually be denied
1: uh-huh.
0: in terms of like basic quality. So like, you know, the mix sounds good, you know, the the basic message of the song sounds good because obviously music is subjective to the listener and to the creator too. But um, I think it, it's quite easy to just get lost in your own source a little bit. Like it's easy to think, oh, I'm I'm the best. I have nothing else to learn. Uh-huh. And it's it's very important to keep that, like I have, I have a rule with myself, which is on the mic, I'm the greatest. But off the mic, I know I have a lot to learn yet. Uh huh. It's about having that confidence to to pursue what you want to do. You set out a goal at the beginning of this, like which like we've talked about before. It's about having that confidence that you that you know you you're gonna achieve what you set out to achieve. Which is obviously you know having long term goals is cool, but then eventually you want to be able to just love what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I the way I do that is I try and So I have another rule myself, which is never make two songs that sound the same. I right. always wanna try different things. I wanna mess around with BPMs, I wanna mess around with drum patterns. Um I wanna write different melodies because I've caught myself using the same two or three keys and eventually I just you know, I just developed a passion for them to the point where I didn't wanna make anything else in a different key. Right. So I think it's um Nurt, nurture your passion, but at the same time, nurture your need to learn more. Because it's never—you'll never stop learning in mm. music or in anything. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if we want to talk more specific, um, I love listening to just old stuff. You know how you just dive into SoundCloud? Uh-huh. I'm kind of the same with like Japanese seventies music and on YouTube. Because oh. <laughs> I've, I've no listened because I found samples uh-huh. just doing that. Uh-huh and this it's like you know who would have thought cuz i'm i'm a hip hop head i'm an r&b head yeah and sometimes when you're just open to listening to other things you may you may like learn something about yourself that you never thought you would like i was watching a bass interview and he says he just does not listen to rap period oh, and man. when you listen to his music it makes so much sense because the stuff that he does listen to he takes influence from and he's just so different he's mm. one of my favorite songwriters ever I got a you know lot. I, mean? of, I
1: got a lot of love for him as an artist. I there really, you go. I really do. I really like his music. And there you go. It's interesting what you say about. Like it sounds like you're you're really talking about just being experimental and yeah. being willing to try new things.
0: That comes from also just being so young and new in this, because I feel like to if I was to let's say if I was to write a song in uh in trap, which I've done. And, and I like my flow in it or or I just like how I sound. I feel like as a human being, it's just com- so easy to just go, all right, I'm a trap artist. Mm. Whereas me, I'm taking more of the approach of, let me just try everything and see what sticks. Mm. And eventually you're gonna find your lane, which I don't like using that word, but you're gonna find what you're best at and what, also what you enjoy doing more. If you're lucky, they're both the same thing, mm. Mm. right? So I think it's about educating yourself more having fun, never forgetting why you started. And probably one of the most important things that I've learned recently is don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. Because, you know, especially because I tell you all the time how sometimes if if I'm uninspired, I feel like I'm wasting time. Mm. And it's like, like, I'm here to tell you and Eli's here to back me up. Like anyone that's, that's pursuing a craft, which is, you know, I guess not normal or doesn't fit in society norms it's okay to just sometimes take a couple of days or even a couple of weeks, whatever, just to regroup and just, you know, reflect because sometimes we're so on go mode that we forget to rest or, you know, nurture other interests that we have. Mm, mm. Like I've forgotten what it's like to go sit in a field in the middle of nowhere and just listen to music
1: Joyful. and just enjoy nature. Joyful man.
0: Because I always think I have to be in constant grinder mode, which, now like resting is important too because you need to like if you're in the studio and you write 10 songs what what happens then because you have to live you have to experience certain things so you can write about them like um i was watching the lauren hill uh interview the other day and she was talking about the fact that um at one point her just before um the miseducation dropped which big respect for lauren for that album always, but, always. Um, a queen. She, there you go or actually no sorry uh, just after it had dropped so Uh it's between 98 and 2000 Uh she was either on stage in the studio or in a hotel room and eventually like she just forgot what it was like to go down the street shopping like for food with her kids and i think as artists or or whatever whatever you do you shouldn't allow yourself to get to that point because remember you got to take inspiration from other places because four walls can, can literally become a prison to you if you allow them to be. So I used to I used to be so much about, you know, spending all day in the studio just cooking up, but you know, li- life is genuinely beautiful. So make sure you experience life as well. So you can, it will only
1: come back and make your product better, I think. So true, man, like in terms of living as a human yes. being, you know, art is, I really believe that the point of art is to communicate and is to like say things to other people. Cause you were talking earlier about as well, how um, you were talking earlier about how like, is the message of your song, right? Like listening to it with an ear of like, is this gonna connect with someone? Is someone else gonna hear this? And outside of my four walls, you know, outside of my little place where, cause a lot of the time as well, we're writing music in studios, you know, whether it's a home studio, a a commercial studio, right um, even if you get an Airbnb, to go and I Work. don't know, li- yeah, exactly. Go uh, listen to, I don't know, like to, to go m- like retreat and go and listen to some stuff uh, and to make some stuff and just go mm-hmm. crazy. Um, you're still inside somewhere like nine times yeah. out of 10, nine and a half times out of 10, nine, 9.9 times out of 10. And and we sometimes I think I definitely meet as, as someone who makes music on their own a lot um, yes, and actually, me too. recently learning to collaborate has been a really big step in the right direction for me. I think one hundred percent, and because I think you know, sessions that we've had, you and me, it's like we've made songs that it's just like it's just it feels great, and it's like yeah. I'll, I'll listen to those songs later, and I'll just be like bouncing down the road, like literally so. Yeah, gas. songs that I've made with Kane and my brother-in-law, Monas, um, where it's just like it's been a, a a feedback cycle. It's been a bounce off of energy because it's like two people together creating something that it just feels like it just feels special because it's like a conversation you know yes even, yes even something like sicko mode for example where Travis and Drake weren't in the same studio when they recorded that yeah however that something that is being is being sent across there is like someone's hearing something else someone said a statement that someone else has said like almost like when people sample to make a hip-hop beat you yeah. take someone else's work and ideas and thoughts and feelings And you use that to make something new and you make something, you build on what other people are doing. And and you make some stuff that is like, wow, okay, this is this feels like it's speaking to me. It feels like someone else is speaking to me. And I want that to speak to someone else as well. I want what I say, I want what I speak, what I rap and sing, or what I play on those keys, or even those drums, or those bass lines to make someone else. To generate a feeling in someone else, to communicate something to someone else, to 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 say something of substance. I want to say something meaningful, you know. 100 percent I think that's something that I'm learning more and more and more is like you need to rest to be able to have those to be able Great to just moments. Have, yeah, exactly. Those breakthrough moments, those like light bulb moments. Someone, yeah. someone even in you know, in science, people are doing this all the time. People are trying to break through, trying to people are trying to solve puzzles. People are trying yeah. to trying to create new things, even outside of the creative context, and it's still it's working together with other people, and it's and it's less about this is my idea and it has to be this way, you know. Right. Uh, learning to learning to bend and learning to uh, listen to other people and be like, hey, actually, yeah, let's let's try that. Let's go. Let's go your way. Let's find out where you're coming from, and maybe yes. and maybe if I do that, if I embrace that process. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up in somewhere that I never thought. I'm gonna end up in a field in the middle of nowhere with looking at a view that I've never seen before. I'm gonna yes. follow your route instead of the beaten track that I always go down because it feels right to me. I'm gonna end up in fresh surroundings. I'm gonna end up somewhere that is 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 beautiful to me, that is completely new and novel. And that's gonna generate a feeling in me that is gonna be completely different. And I feel yes. like when we believe like how you said, when you're on the mic, you're the best. Believe in that. Believing yes. that you are doing something fabulous, believing that you are creating something that has never been heard before, whether it has or hasn't, our our belief, believing is seeing. Seeing is not believing. When you believe something, you will see it reflected back in the world around you. Hundred you know, percent. you and me talk about law of attraction all the time. Big
0: facts. We talk about law that, of attraction that's, all the time. That's the most important thing that I found out at thirteen years of age. Mm. Mm. There's nothing that I could have learned that could have impacted my life more at that time.
1: It's uh, learning that we can bring things closer to us just by thinking about them, and learning that a lot of the time people are actually manifesting maybe their worst fears because they were spending so much time worrying about it. Thinking exactly, you know, because the
0: universe doesn't know the difference between yes, positive and negative. It just knows that. So you know, for so because I know I did this at thirteen. So it's like, all right, so if I think about something, I can manifest it. So I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to think about this. Uh-huh. I'm not going to think about uh-huh. this. And
1: then you just end up manifesting that because that's what you're thinking about. You focus, you, you, uh, you go for what you focus. And I think it happens on a subconscious level as well. I think, I think, I think you are, I, th- I feel like our sub our conscious mind is like a small, like layer on top of a massive massive bed like a massive mattress like how you sleep on a mattress and it's like all of these thoughts kind of just like trickle into your subconscious mind and and if you spend a lot of time consciously worrying about something that's going to feed into your subconscious and you'll end up you ever done something and you've like you real like you ever like been like oh where's my phone or something and you've subconsciously just put it down somewhere and you haven't really thought about that or, right. And then you're just like, oh, where's my phone? And then you find it somewhere completely random. And you're like, what? I don't even remember putting it somewhere. Right. But your body's subconsciously done that, you know? Your body has, you haven't thought about that just the same way you don't think about breathing. Facts. When you are doing stuff that is uh, just the, it passes, like, like bypasses your conscious brain, it's programming. It's stuff that you've thought about doing so many times that it's just gone into subconscious now. And if Facts. you think if you reaffirm that's why people spend so much time reaffirming themselves with like you can get YouTube videos that tell you like I'm loved or I'm I'm fantastic or I'm a valuable person and things like that. It's like if you tell yourself that, if your inner voice is constantly telling yourself, Okay, I'm worthy, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a powerful person, I can do the things that I set out to achieve, subconsciously you're gonna start enacting that. And the same is true with like you say, the universe doesn't know. The universe and humans don't yeah. always realize the difference between the positive and negative. And if your inner voice is constantly telling you, oh, why did I do that? I'm worthless. I can't be helped. I, I, there's no point in my existence. Your subconscious is going to start enacting that through your body. That's what you're going to start seeing and projecting out into the world. And that's what the world's yep. going to send back at you because the world's a mirror. So when you when you think, when you think not only positively, but when you think, powerfully and when you think about okay i'm gonna smash this vocal take or um yeah even if it doesn't happen the first time the more that you persist those thoughts the more consistent those thoughts become those thoughts of like this is going to be fantastic this party is going to be great or i'm going to really nail this dance move or i'm gonna i'm gonna go and cook some really fabulous and tasty food i'm gonna get an a I'm going to get an A. I'm going to get an A in my test because every time, all the time you're revising for that test, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to fail, your, your brain's going to be gonna more fail. occupied by that than it is actually taking in this information because you're always setting yourself up for failure. Like skateboarding and all that kinds of things. You've got to believe that you're going to make that trick. You've got to believe that you're going to get that A. And when you challenge your own beliefs, you're going to end up in a stronger position at the end. Can I swear on this? I can bleep it out. Um, you know when
0: people say like, our life is just huh. exactly yeah. yeah for you it is because you you gen, when you said that you said that with your whole soul <laughs> like gen, no, no even alright let, let's let's take a lighter approach when everyone's got that one friend that eats like a pig and does not gain an ounce uh-huh. why because they genuinely say I can eat whatever I want and I will never gain weight uh-huh. and they believe that with uh-huh. their whole heart uh-huh. like that is genuinely a thing and that's that Observing that, those moments in life, is what made me see the world as something. Because, you know, at least me as a kid, my my goal was to change the world. Mm, mm. And then being my age now... Is that still your goal? No, because here's why, though. Go ahead, go ahead. Because the world is the macro, it's the macrocosm, Uh meaning it's way bigger than any one person can control. Now, the microcosm version of that to me is your world, mm. which is your life. So to me, your life is your world. Elijah, how many people do you walk past in the street that you probably see regularly but you've never interacted with them? There's a reason you haven't interacted with them. They're not meant to be in your world. Right, right. Now, and there's, here's the thing, uh, as, much as, as much as people sometimes will blame external things for the position that they're in in life, mm. everything in your world at some point has been influenced by you. Mm. So... Look look at look at the world as yours. Not Don't look at the bigger world. Look at your world. Mm. Because when you impact your world and make your world what you want it to be, mm. the world instantly gets better because all that really matters is your world. And if you contribute well to your world, mm. the highest human act is to inspire. So you're going to inspire someone else to do the best that they can in their world. Mm. And that is how we change the world because mm. you change your world, which will inspire someone else to change theirs. The people in your life are there because you allow them to be. Mm.
1: Mm. Yo, a hundred percent. The places you go 100%. to are either
0: places that you have to go to or you want to go
1: to. And and we have, I think when you, I think when we view our world like that, when we view our world like, um, when we view our world as, I can control what is in my world. I can control who my friends are. I can control what I see around me. I can control what I do and really focusing on those things we can control. Like you say, because changing the world can seem like a really big and scary task. When you bring that down to like, what is around me? You know, mm. what books am I reading? You know, what what am I watching in my spare time? Where is- What my, am what? I consuming on TV, which goes into my subconscious? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because we have that control. So many people have a remote control right there. And they would be way more happy to just watch some pointless I don't know soap opera or Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Something. No that shade. No, yeah, I I will throw the shade because I, <laughs> it's all part of this. Like I think it's part of this this conditioning that is meant to be said. Like put up and shut up. Just sedate just yourself. Sit back. Yes. Yeah, sedate yourself. Get that alcohol. Watch that TV. Get that takeaway food and just sit on the sofa. Go to work do your thing and then just come home because you're going to go to work again and sedate yourself in the meantime so that you don't have to answer the real questions about your life. And my dad calls this like creative surplus. There's a bit of time every day. A lot of people have have day-to-day jobs that are outside of the things that they are most passionate about. And you and I are quite fortunate that we've found creative passions. Um, Yes. Maybe more than one creative passion. Blessed. And, 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 And people, a lot of people who are maybe have not found that creative passion or do know that already they know what it is however their time is spent on something that is outside of that and they come home from that thing that is consuming the majority of their time so that they can pay their bills and they can live their rent and in and they have choices we have choices do i come home and do i spend some time on that knitting that i really enjoy and actually just makes me feel do i create something do i produce something or do i consume something do I sit back? That's all it is. Open a beer, consume a beer, consume some television, consume some advertising in between my television breaks. Do I consume some Netflix? Do I consume some unhealthy food that is actually gonna make me gonna make gonna weaken my body, weaken my mind? Or do I produce something? Do I create something? Inspi- like you said, do I inspire myself? Do I inspire my world? Do I inject something into my world that is fantastic and that is gonna make me feel better tomorrow than I am today? Mamba mentality, you know? Facts. Am I going to feel and better tomorrow than I do today?
0: Here's the thing with that too. It's, we're not judging anyone who prefers to consume because if you're happy, oh, by all, by any means, be happy. Yeah, I consume to be happy. Forever though? Like, so, you're telling me that you want to go work a job that you don't like, forever. Like, that's what you want to do. Forever. And you're, it's it's just so funny to me because it's like you know the system will tell you to reward yourself after an eight-hour shift at a job that you don't like let me tell you what I hear though Mm. you want me to reward myself for doing a chore something that I see as negative Uh when I could grind and possibly reward myself one day for doing something that I love Mm. to me that sounds way better Mm. 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 but that that's the thing like if you complain you'll stay the same so you know are you are you gonna are you gonna pursue something are you gonna pursue that business that you've been thinking about since you were 18 and now you're 25 and you're still hanging around the same people which here's the thing with that it's like there's no there's no one bad person this it's, it's more about again your world what are you doing in your world you know you're are you going out every weekend because your friends are calling you on friday nights mm, mm. like here's the thing The pubs the clubs all of that stuff is gonna be there forever it will never go away but that business that clothing line that you want to start that idea might be taken Uh by the time you decide to actually do something Uh so just consider that like I feel like people ask me sometimes like why do you why are you so like invested in what you do and it's like why not I'm 19 this is the time to do it Like, this is the time for me to go bankrupt. I'm not telling anyone to go bankrupt. Mm. But at 19, I would rather go into minus in my bank account now than do that when I'm supposedly like 30, 35. Mm. Like, let me experience stuff. Let me go hard for what I want to do. And I I urge you to do the same because life life has different purpose when you have a purpose. Mm. Mm. Like, you feel, I feel like, you know, I've heard this way too many times that people are like, You know, you ask them, how's your day been? And they're, oh, it would be better if I was just at home chilling. But then they don't consider the fact that if they were at home chilling every day, they would eventually feel idle and pointless.
1: Trust your journey. Trust your journey. Trust your journey. I think you hit a sick point because you said your friends are calling you up on a Friday night. And what are they asking you to do? Are your friends calling you up for a party? Are your friends calling you up to go out and get drunk? Are your friends maybe calling you to come and to spend check some on time you. to check on you, to care, to check on your intent, uh, on your health and your emotional well-being? Are they calling you to see what you've done recently? To see if you've been creative? To see if you've had fun? Are they calling to share information with you? Are they calling to maybe see are you inspired? Are they calling maybe to offer you some time where you guys can go out, you can have some fun in something that contributes, that adds value to your life? To add, Valley, value we are in our 20s people constantly saying are oh, the 20s are the best years of your life Valley. i think the 20s are the most valuable years of your life in a sense that they can set you up for, for the what it's going to yeah what it, that it literally charts the trajectory of what the rest of your life is going to be you can spend your 20s lounging around doing a pointless job that you don't really care about and then blowing your money on going to the club and then you kind of maybe wind up to the, in the later end of your 20s maybe uh, with some kids and a and a significant other and then that's kind of your life and then you get a career and whatnot you don't have to become rich and famous to, to live a happy life however a happy life could look like you spend your 20s taking risks you spend your 20s maybe like you said going bankrupt maybe being minus you spend your 20s making your dreams happen not chasing your dreams building your dreams creating your dreams and making amazing stuff maybe it never sees a thousand people maybe it never sees five thousand people it doesn't have to if you put that energy and that meaning and that effort and you say it with your chest when you say that you believe yourself and you spend your 20s you're really for a lot of people their first decade of independence you spend that on things that are really important to what you believe in and to your identity Facts When you get to the end of that decade You're going to be able to look back And have built a foundation A really massive foundation A sturdy and strong Concrete foundation For what is going to go on To be the rest of your life Because life doesn't stop at 30 Life ends when you die When you allow it to Exactly when you allow it to Sometimes it's out of our control And some people are trapped in situations That might be out of their control Might be bigger than their world However there's always escapes there's humans are fantastic at escaping why do we tell stories why do we have imaginations we are amazing at escaping that is one of our amazing amazing abilities and the more time that we put into that the more we the more we amplify these voices the more we create our circle and say the people i look around at the five people who are closest to me what do those people tell me about myself what do those people what where are those people going because the uh, the odds are you're going in the same way or very similar or at very, least very, very similar. and that's why I think you really hit a point there when you're talking about what people are calling you up on to do on a Friday night what are the th- what what trajectories do other people around you have in your life because we don't exist in we exist like you said, we have our world in the micro which reflects the macro it reflects, reflects. this bigger world around us, you know. And, and when when you're really thinking when you're really thinking about how to affect the macro and you start with the micro because we're all little particles just bumping into each other, reacting off of each other and when you really affect that and you're like, okay cool, I can take control. I can say maybe I've been friends with this person for five years however now I'm looking at it I'm like we don't have any interest we don't you don't do things that I care about anymore. Mm. I care about making something for myself and my, and the people who really want to help. Build something for themselves and change their micro to help affect the macro in a positive way. Facts. It's powerful, fam. It's really, I have, really
0: I have two points to make there too. I think I don't want people to misunderstand what we're saying because you're you're human you're a human being, fun is needed too. Mm-hmm. If you every once in a while, I enjoy going out, you know, you know, having some drinks, mm-hmm. you know, indulging a in a little stuff, bit of tension and release. A little bit of tension and release. Come on, man. But You know, it's it's really sticky, man, because some people will listen. Other people will experience Uh and that's how they learn. But I've just been blessed to have. And school taught me this for real, because I feel like. I was the kid at school where I was the. uh, I call myself the lunch table hopper because you know how you walk into high school when you see like this clique here and this group here and then that group there. I was the one kid in school I feel like where I could go into any group Uh and talk to anyone. Uh But then I was also the kid that you could find in the library sitting by himself. Uh And I used to question myself. I used to be like, yo, is everything okay with me? Because I feel like I don't have a specific group. But then I feel like school is where if you become conscious of that, you can learn what type of person you are. Mm. Right? so independence yes 100% because it's easy to follow this group of people and do what they do to impress them but then just just remember that after there's life after GCSEs bro there's life after and to be honest that's when life really starts like you go to college you do whatever you want when you bec- when you when you're 16 uh, the summer after you turn 16 that's when life really starts because school is so irrelevant Man.
1: I feel like they keep us in a cage for so long and they insulate this the current system the societal system we live in is designed to insulate us in that in for those first 16 to incubate us and teach yeah. us wear your uniform find your click uh do what the authority tells you and and actually when and so with in the hopes that most people when they leave that system like you said that summer when you've turned 16 you don't have to go back to school maybe you have you probably have to go to college you get more choices when you go to college and then once you finish once you've hit 18 and you kind of you might go to uni or you might actually just choose your own life yep. you're you're given you're actually really given the the steering wheel and i think this is a system normally i know you have another point to make as well so i'm 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 going to wrap this up actually um the steering wheel they're hoping that when they give you the steering wheel you're going to continue to do what they've been telling you to do facts and like you say if you'd like cuz i i was that lunch table i was that lunch table hopper I was yep. that guy who would just, I loved drifting. I loved experiencing new things and just seeing what's going on over here? What's going on over here? That's not a coincidence for sure. I, that's I think, not a coincidence. I, I believe that too. I believe that there's a reason that we, we both similar like that and we get on and we think the same way. Um, when My you, point actually ties into authority too. I'm glad you mentioned okay, it. This is, dude, this is dope. This is dope. So that I, that's, and so to finish what I'm saying then is like, when you, like you say, when you question and when you start to find your own sense of identity, and you look around you really start becoming aware and, and potential and like having people say that third eye you know having that a aw- yes. that extra level of awareness and consciousness of what's yep. going on around you and how you can affect it it's a really powerful position for you to be like okay i have this steering wheel people don't the system does not want me to go in the directions that i want to go and it wants to keep me on the beaten track yeah i'm going to veer off i'm going to go somewhere different i'm going to defy authority and i'm going to I- go where i want to go because that's where the gold is i'm gonna
0: get lost i'm gonna let i'm gonna let my my petrol run out Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. um but all right for the listener take this how you want to but i feel like eli's gonna understand me when i say this (laughs) ever since a young kid i always had a big big problem with authority Mm -hmm. why are we doing this and like here's the thing though in school i was that kid why are we doing this Mm -hmm. and and i noticed that teachers could never really give me a valid answer and algebra is my favorite time to do it too because why are we doing this (laughs) like if i'm driving a car i want to see like what the speed limit is i don't want to find out the value of x like you know i I was i was always fascinated by no you can't do that why why not yeah exactly because someone said that to the guy who invented schools, <laughs> which you, which you now working. Uh-huh. Some guy told someone else, "I want to build a, I want to build a place where kids can come and learn things," and that exact person said, "You can't do that, or are you sure you want to do that?" Uh-huh. And that's what you're doing to
1: me right now. Uh-huh. People want to doubt. People want to be cynical. People want to. People. The the default thing, the thing about our brains, they're designed not to not to uh take risks our brains are designed to keep us alive and to keep us safe and by and to do that the default mechanism is to resist change yep the default mechanism so when someone asks why or someone suggests something new the majority of people are going to say what were you doing Where where you going where you going (laughs) where you going
0: yo we're, we're on the main road here why are you taking that why are you going down that side road bro
1: you know, you know when people get nervous.
0: No when, one's ever been down there. Where are you going?
1: Where? Oh, that that looks scary, bro. Yeah. What, what do you mean it looks scary? Like it's just a road. It's like ah, yeah. But I haven't been down there. I don't know what's there.
0: Fear of the unknown, It's classic. It's so typical.
1: And I think as well. Like we're talking about authority. I think and and schooling as well. It's one of those things where we we are taught to fear the unknown we're actually not taught we're not we're never really encouraged to follow our own beliefs to follow our own intuition sometimes people say trust your gut we're never really thought trust your intuition how many times in school do they actually ask you what do you think that's
0: what gut is too gut mm. is literally your intuition mm-hmm. it's 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 one of your chakras right if i'm not mistaken that's mm. what it's where one of your strongest
1: chakras is i'm gonna look this up right now i want to see what the chakras are
0: because where you're Yeah you have Well you have set The seven
1: main ones Uh huh. Um, your gut is I think it's around One of them The seven chakras Because I've i I've always been I I watched Like this clip. There's way more I watched this compilation Of uh, like This bit of Air uh, Ang the last airbender where Oh they, you did it, Oh you Oh wow Bro like my, my uh, Kane and Moras Showed me this Showed me it And it's, it's so, so sick we've, we've got the crown chakra Which is like The yep. top of your The top of your head Yep. you've got the third eye chakra which is like yep. your pineal gland which is actually really important um and so often like our pineal glands are and like, very subliminally oppressed Uh huh like by all of the the fluoride cl- by all, yeah exactly we get our fluoride glands get uh, fluoride uh, not fluoride glands our um, pineal glands they get clogged up by all of this crap that they put in our food and in our, our water. water and in our toothpaste and all these things that they tell yep. us to consume you've got your th- throat chakra mm-hmm heart chakra yep solar plexus chakra i didn't yep. know that was one i didn't know the name of it i did not know that was one solar plexus chakra is the window power i don't know what that means but i'm really interested in all this you got your sacral chakra mm-hmm. which is like i think in your gut yeah yes so that, that'll probably be the one yeah and then a root chakra yeah and so that's like, yeah and we know where that is that's what yeah <laughs> we go from t- uh, that's going from like top to bottom yeah there's so, yeah. a spirituality there, bro.
0: But do it's they one teach of those things, man. No, never, never, man. never. It's And even, let's not even go that far because I know there's people that are going to listen to this that probably you know are chasing something similar to what we chase. And if you're fortunate to be me, like me and Eli who have supporting families and open-minded families, then good. But there are people out there that want to be the next Picasso or want to take pictures and just want to go and just live their life. Mm. And their parents will tell them no, but you got to do this. Like, this is best for you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I love you, mom. I love you, dad. But you don't know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. You know what's best for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I want to tell those people just like, just don't get discouraged. Because if you know you do something and the way I notice that I love music is that I forget the element of time. Mm-hmm. So if you forget the element of time, then that's, that's very likely your purpose. And don't, don't let that go. Like, um, who was it? I, I watched the Rick, you watched the Rick Rubin and Pharrell uh, conversation, right? I did. Bro, did you see the part where where um, Rick Rubin, I think it was either Rick Rubin or Pharrell mentioned that the fact, the one of the reasons Pharrell looks so young is because he's so in love with music that he doesn't feel old, meaning he doesn't recognise time go by. Mm. Whereas someone who works a job that they hate, they're constantly looking at the clock, so they're under the influence of time, so they age oh, quicker. And when I heard that, I was like, dude, that makes so much sense (laughs) but it does though it's that belief thing it trust me it's like time can you can literally argue that time is an illusion
1: it is bro we made it up humans made up time if you think about it we made it it's a construct it's like a measurement it's like centimeters true but then isn't that the only reason we know we exist because we age i suppose that's one of the signs of life like when like in science class they want to teach you that there are signs of life which i think it can be limiting um but that, Mm. like growth is one of those signs of life which i guess growth is a growth is expansion over time and i guess that is kind of age right yeah like expanding over time um very lenient yeah however i think what you're saying there and what pharrell's talking about like it ties into that thing of belief. It ties into that thing of like, if you're watching the clock and you're constantly believing that time is going past and you're focusing, and it's that again, that law of attraction is like, you're attracting the accumulation of time. Then you, I can see what you see it in people's eyes. You see it in people's faces, they're stressed. They're weighed yes. down yes whereas when you do stuff that we do that empowers us and inspires us we don't care about how much time has gone past because we're dedicated to making something beautiful and, and giving us the, generating an amazing feeling inside of ourselves because and not even because we are not because of something external because like I 80,000 people are in a crowd, in a stadium chanting my song because I'm in my bedroom and I'm Thanks. playing these keys at a novice level, but this feeling Facts. it gives me, dude, I can sit in my room and make myself cry because of three notes that I played and listen oh, to those on a loop 100%. for 15 minutes. And that is, and not even, and have no concept of how much time is going by. And I'm not looking at the clock. Like for I said, he's not looking at the clock. Bro, life is a placebo. Life is the placebo effect.
0: Like I know people that have manifested illnesses that they didn't even have. Wow, wow, your stories watch my granddad my granddad and my grandmother are two great examples of that my my mum's mum and my dad's dad they used to always talk about how oh i'm gonna get sick i'm gonna have cancer and both of them my grandma manifested that but um my granddad luckily didn't have it he had something very close uh-huh. but um yeah like movies like doctor doctor strange mm-hmm. it's like you know, he went, to, he went to a spiritual, you've probably watched it, but he went to a spiritual master to to cure himself when he never thought he could. Because we're so used to listening to other people and it's like, dude, how do you feel? No, no one in the world ever asks you that. How do you feel? What do you think? It's always, this is best for you. Do this, do that. Like, what? So... You're telling me that if I go and sit in a park with my headphones on and just enjoy nature, I'm crazy because I'm not with anyone. Mm. But what about the kid that has 10 friends and still feels
1: like the loneliest person in the world? Who's more crazy? Dude, it's that isolation that is imagined. How, How do you imagine yourself? That's all an ego really is, is our perception of ourselves. And if I perceive myself to be someone who is blessed, someone who is happy, someone who is surrounded by friends that I love, I'm gonna feel great if I possess if I perceive myself as someone who's always surrounded by myself but I don't really like any of these people I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel terrible and that's just what it is that's that belief thing it I really I feel like that's it's been like an anchor as as, as we've been going it's like it's a belief thing it's a belief thing about what do I believe about myself what do I believe about my reality What do I believe about the people who are around me? And what do I believe about the trajectory of my life? What do I believe about the things that I'm doing with my time? Do I believe that what I'm doing is worthwhile? Facts. Do I believe that what I'm doing is going to go somewhere, is going to be contributing to something that is more than just my life? Mm. Me personally, like, and I can imagine that you probably feel similar. Like, me personally, I want to believe that. And I have to believe that. I have to believe that these clothes that that we're both wearing, it's yep. more about more than just me It's about trying to inspire people It's about It's about Being someone Who is in, who is contributing That's what I care about Facts. And that helps me be happy Those beliefs about myself And my perception of myself Helps me be happy it helps, make me, it helps me make other people happy If you're smiling at someone Guarantee They're So likely to smile back If you're frowning at someone And you look angry and unhappy Someone's probably going to look away Because they're probably going to feel As uncomfortable As you feel for a split second facts
0: that's so that's so much there's so much truth in everything you just said well
1: i appreciate you a lot man i've loved this conversation and actually i know we could talk for hours so long like we've been talking for like an hour and a half and i've actually enjoyed all of it like i've enjoyed so much of it and for the first episode of the podcast this is beautiful and and i appreciate you um i appreciate you setting time aside and i hope that you found it nourishing and inspiring oh my Um, I I hope that uh, to everyone listening, whenever you hear this, I hope that it can provide you with some inspiration. I hope it can provide you- We're in a spaceship. I feel like I'm with you right now. That's what I'm saying. And this is the power of connection. This is the power of the communication. And I hope whoever is listening to this, you feel like you've been with us this whole time. And I hope you feel- A hundred. You already know, it's a
0: Star-Lord it's 115 x nds forever shout
1: shout yourself out tell people where they can find you
0: oh right okay so my name is jonas for anyone who didn't know i make music i'm from Littlehampton. i am portuguese um you can find me basically anywhere at jonas nomad that is j-o-n-a-s n-o-m-a-d um link me text me because i do respond and i love talking to people Um, my music is everywhere Spotify Apple Music YouTube SoundCloud everywhere Um, yeah just let me know if you guys like it and let's just connect and to you sir thank you very much I like I've said before many times I'm the oldest of seven and I feel like you've always been an older brother to me and I haven't really known you for that long in context Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I've maybe known you for two years yeah But I just feel like you're my older brother. Anytime I need you, I text you, we talk. You always give me a different perspective, which I need. So I'm very grateful for you and I hope you have found this conversation nourishing and beneficial.
1: I have. I have. And it's love, man. I appreciate you for being a part of it. Always love.
0: I'm so... By the way, I'm so honoured to be part of the first
1: episode. There you go. You've graced it. I've, I've... This is insane. All right, this is so great. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop it there. Alright, bro. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. Uh, I know you must have enjoyed it, so please hit that follow button so you can be notified when the next episode drops, which is on the third Thursday of every month. Uh, thank you so much as well to Jonas who took part in that episode. Um, as a thank you to you for listening all the way through, I actually love to offer you a discount on my store for anything you might want. Uh, I've got a whole range of goodies on there. There's some free stickers you can just have, as well as some tote bags and the coziest hoodies you're ever going to try. So uh, if that interests you, just drop me an email to nelson at nelsonavaro.co.uk so I can send you a discount code personally. Uh, And I look forward to hearing from you soon. So until next time, I'm sending you peace, love, and reminding you to always trust your journey.